Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from Barnes & Noble on the, well, Midtown East. And coming up today, they are going to be hosting Flea, who wrote a memoir. Um, so that's really cool. People are lined up, and it's really, really fun to see um, people actually excited about reading. Um, but you know what else is nice to see? people actually excited about a celebrity relationship. Uh, Keanu Reeves has been single, um, and we talked about this a little bit, uh, Keanu Reeves has been single uh, for quite some time now. Uh, and his last public girlfriend was killed in a tragic car accident, which uh, Crazy Days and Nights has speculated uh, was caused by Marilyn Manson and his ex-girlfriends. Since that time, Keanu has grown into the internet's boyfriend, where, you know, basically he can do no wrong. He... He is really, by any measure, a great, great man. Uh, one of the, one of the my favorite examples is someone asked him how he avoided how he avoided uh, sexual assault or sexual harassment claims, especially since he's so open to taking pictures with uh, with with fans, male and female. And his answer was so simple and so perfect that. I, I'm just amazed that no one else has thought of it. When he takes a picture, he makes sure that um, if he puts his arm around the woman, that you can see his hand on the other side. Like I said, it's brilliant. And from that point on, I mean, really, he just was racking up goodwill. Uh, his movies, uh, he's in a... He's the anchor of a new um, movie franchise called John Wick. Those movies keep getting better and better, um, with better and better uh, box office results, uh, for sure. And it's all because he's a decent dude. And, you know, I know decent guys. Uh, Will is one of them. Will is a great man. And so every time someone says, no good men exist... I look at Keanu Reeves and and Will and say they 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 do really exist. You just got to get off your ass and stop looking at the bad boys and thinking you're going to change them. Because guess what, Boo Boo Kitty, you're not. Um, if you want to go lust after Johnny Depp, please by all means do that. But then don't complain that there are no good men because there's Keanu Reeves who is far superior in talent and far superior in moral uh, in, in morality uh, anyway so Keanu actually stepped out with his girlfriend she's an artist I'm not going to name her uh, if you want the name you can google it um, but even though they went public they're still ultra private which I think is rather amazing she's an artist and just the look they gave one another. 
you know, everyone earlier this year was talking about how Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper looked at one another when they performed Shallow at the Oscars together. And I'll admit, that was a very powerful look. But if you, if you look at the pictures of Keanu Reeves and his girlfriend, that is much more of a powerful look. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's some sort of physical attraction. Uh, both of them are, are very attractive people, objectively. But when they look at one another, it's not about lust. You can tell that there's actually a deep, deep connection there. And I'm sure the gossip blogs are going to go crazy trying to figure out a narrative to make her into some sort of gold digger or some sort of cheating hussy or, you know, to protect Archiano. But I'm not sure I'm going to be able to buy that narrative. Because it just... I, based on one picture, I know I shouldn't be making this judgment, but it it really doesn't fit with what what we've seen. And Keanu has been so uh, so careful about what he puts out in the public. I can't imagine him harming his goodwill and his newfound reputation just to be like, "Look, I have a girlfriend." Because there's, and here's the thing, normally when a guy is, is single as long as Keanu is, there are gay rumors. There were no gay rumors about Keanu Reeves, so him stepping out with a girlfriend is not like he had to, to solidify his reputation. It's not like he needs the press to, to promote a movie. He, he just does that on his own. Uh, and he's not known for doing these fake Hollywood relationships in any case so that's why I'm saying I truly believe that these two are in love and I truly believe that uh, they're going to be together for a while and I'm definitely hoping that my faith is not misplaced Um, in any case I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back and I'm back so, you remember earlier this year, um, last season of Drunk Gossip, how one of the narratives that I broke was that Jimmy Fallon was about to be fired from the late, the Tonight Show, rather, and how Crazy Days and Nights actually put up an item refuting, refuting my initial report, saying that I was wrong, and that, uh, Jimmy Fallon was a favorite of the bosses at NBC, and they would never, never fire him. Well, of course, um, any lawyer ended up changing his tune, and after after saying that there was no way he was ever Jimmy Fallon was ever going to be fired, admitted that if the ratings didn't improve, that. Jimmy Fallon was going to be replaced, albeit we don't know with whom yet. Well, now we are one step closer to that change happening. As of yesterday, news broke that longtime NBC executive 
and current showrunner of The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Jim Bell has stepped down and completely exited NBC. Now, here's why this is a big story. Jim Bell has been with NBC for almost 30 years. In that time, he's done... um, He's produced many, many um, specials and been a producer on many shows for them, uh, including um, the Olympics. I believe he he had produced... I know at least the 2016 um, Olympics, but it goes way further back than that. Uh, now, I do want to address something. A lot of people online are theorizing that his exit is coming as rape allegations against Matt Lauer are ramping up. And people are saying, you know, hey, like, he probably knew. He probably helped cover it up. And that may be. But given that NBC has closed drinks with their executives and protected them, I don't think that's the case. I think the case here is he was brought in to shore up the ratings and uh, and try to get The Tonight Show back to being the number one franchise in late night. And he's just not been able to do it. Jimmy Fallon's brand of lovable bro humor may have worked uh, during the Obama years. And even that's really... Um, that's even really pushing it. But in the Trump era, it's all about political humor. Except for James Corden, who for some reason defies the odds. Um, it doesn't truly get political. Uh, at least not that political. Um, but he has a lot of viral hits. Um, carpool karaoke. Um, and he gets celebrities to do things that are outside of their comfort zone. Or just silly things. Like uh, he did a musical um, in nine songs with Ben Platt. Which I thought was brilliant. But of course Ben Platt can do no wrong. <laughs> so. In any, in any case. We... In any case, we, we, um, I'm very confident in saying that the reason why Jim Bell is leaving NBC, first of all, it's, it's not of his own volition. He was fired, make no mistake about that. But because of the time he had put in and the loyalty he had shown to NBC over the years, they probably allowed him to, um, exit on his own terms, meaning he could say, hey, you know, I, I left because I wanted to, I want to work on my career. Same thing they did with Kathy, um, Kathy Lee Gifford, or over on The View, um, over on ABC's The View, what they do with almost every co-host, you know, oh, I'm leaving because I want to, not because I was fired. But as we learn from Ladies Who Punch, almost all of the co-hosts who left were fired, So what does this mean for Jimmy Fallon? I'm going to guess that he has maybe, maybe six months left. Um, And that's being very generous and 
assuming they don't already have a host in mind to take over his duties. Uh, with Carson Daly leaving, they did bring in a YouTuber who um, is launching a new truly late show. Um, and so they may not want to mess they may not want to move Seth Meyers up, although he would be the natural choice. Um, I've heard it floated around, especially in my, some of my old work, that Colin Jost could be up for the gig. Or a gig. Uh, I'm also hearing that Tina Fey has been approached about possibly stepping in as a substitute, if not permanent, host of The Tonight Show. Uh, as far as Tina Fey goes, it did not seem like she was interested uh, in anything long-term. But, you know, again, my sources say that it's, everything's preliminary right now. And at this point, it's anyone's guess as to what's going to happen. Uh, what we do know, what we can guess, though, is that the ratings are not going to jump up enough to justify keeping Jimmy Fallon on for another contract cycle. And with that, I'm going to take a break. Of course, I'm going to stay on top of the story, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I'm kind of bringing sad news this time. Um, Zach Posen is shutting down his fashion company. Now, Zach Posen was really famous uh, and really popular in the mid-2000s, and... Um, early 2010s. His designs graced almost every red carpet um, there was. <coughs> Among his famous fans was Sarah Jessica Parker and um, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker is probably like his biggest fan. But having famous fans and tra- translating that into sales is not always an easy proposition. And, and sales have been something for Zach's line for, for a long time now. It hit a critical point where they were strapped for cash and were having trouble even coming up with enough to having enough to come up with um, the next line. Now, of course, he did design the spring line for uh, 2020. However, uh, because the... because the... um, because the... because the line is being shut down, we will not be able to purchase anything that he created for that. It is all going to... um, assets in trying to pay off the enormous debt load that he had and like with many other things I'm sure that there's more to the story Uh, I've not read any gossip about it yet but just off the top of my head I can almost theorize that there was some um, some tax issues and I think that's actually common knowledge that his company uh, faced a big tax levy, and producing a fashion line is not 
not a cheap prospect, to be honest. And producing one as bold and inventive as Zach Posen tried to be probably made it even more difficult. So, given that, it doesn't surprise me that he decided to fold instead of trying to uh, find other sources for uh, other sources of income. He Zach has pretty much kept on the down low uh, at the time of at the time of the closure. He pointed people to um, his the official line from the company, um, and he's he's been really on the down low. Celebrities, of course, um, cried out when he announced that he was leaving, but uh, honestly, there was nothing any of them could have done to save the line. Zach says he's going to continue to uh, design He's probably looking to join another company. And with the, his name still carries a certain cachet. Uh, he certainly has fans. So him joining another line, maybe where he's not as financially tied to it, could be a good thing. His good friend Kate Spade, um, of course, committed suicide um, around this time last year. And some people are saying... That the two incidents are not uh, not unrelated. A lot of people have been fearing that this that he's been in a deep depression and was looking for a way out of the commitment of uh, looking for a way out of the commitment of designing a line that bore his name. Um, the one of the biggest connections to this is, um, of course, Kate Spade. There was rumors that her line, her her new line, had been in trouble financially, and she wasn't sure if she wanted to pour more money into it or um, just close it down and find a a new way to make money. And of course, we we know how that ended. And we're hoping and praying that this same end does not meet um, Zach Posen. Uh, uh, from what I'm hearing, his friends, his very close friends, his family, have all closed rank, and he's not being left alone for very long, uh, if at all, to make sure he's okay and dealing with, uh, with, with this loss. No matter what you think about... Um, no matter what you think about fashion, people who who design lines or put their name on something, that is a business. And you really do pour your heart and soul into it. Um, you know, Will and I pour our hearts and souls into drunk gossip. And if we got shut down, I would be devastated. Um, I don't think Will would necessarily be devastated, but uh, I know I would be because I've been doing this for almost two years now. And, you know, it is, it's my name out there. It's my, you know, I'm the face of the show. Uh, 
despite Will thinking he's the favorite co-host. <laughs> In any case, we hope Zach's alright. We send our love to him. And I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And, okay, so as you guys know, it is NaNoWriMo month, and we're going to be talking about writing in almost every episode, because, well, frankly, um, that's, that's very much on my mind at this point, and, um, <laughs> Will is going to kill me for all the ums today. I was doing so well, too. Uh, uh, anyways, but that, it's just, it, honestly, that illustrates my point. So, for those of you who don't know, um, NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month. It happens once a year. Well, I'll get to that in a second. It happens once a year. Um, during the month of November, you're supposed to write 50,000 words, which boils down to 1,700 words a day, approximately. I'm a writer, not a mathematician. <laughs> so, writing 1,700 words a day... It doesn't sound that hard until you're actually doing it. And then you're like, ooh, what are words? <laughs> and that's only half of a joke. <laughs> uh, but there are, um, during this, there are two types of writers. Those who meticulously plan out their novels, like Will. And we've talked about this before. Will has, for, for one line in his book, he's not doing nano, but um, he, he's still a meticulous outliner. For one line in his book... That is probably a throwaway line. He has an entire backstory. As opposed to me, who is a pantser, and I have no plans for what I'm going to do. And in fact, I wrote a short story uh, called The Diamond Affair. And two of my characters, uh, my two main characters, I should say, ended up having sex. Didn't mean them to. Uh, there was, I don't want to say there was no point to it, because it actually led to um, the main plot. It was, like, the catalyst. But there were other ways I could have gotten there. There were other ways I was planning on getting there. But the characters led me there, and that's what I did. And it drives Will crazy that I'm a pantser. It drives Will crazy that, like I've told you guys before, he spends hours planning his segment. Uh, and when I tell you, like, Politalk is really a labor of love, Will doesn't get paid to to record with me or to research or um, anything like that. Uh, he he does it because he wants to, because he's a great, great guy. Like I said in the um, Keanu Reeves, um, in the Keanu Reeves segment. Uh, but more than that, he, like... You know, he has ideas for the show and, you know, trying to boost us up and get us to another place. So when he hears that I don't plan my segments, it drives him crazy. He's like, can you please just use production notes? Can you please just, like, have an idea of what you're going to say? And honestly, I've tried, and you guys have heard. I'm so robotic, it's not even funny. Okay, it's a little funny. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, I, I'm just... Uh, one of those, I have to be spontaneous. I have to have that freedom. Now, in the beginning of this series, and this is something I don't even think Will knows, in the beginning of the series, I actually did use production notes. I actually had um, written out 
what I was going to say, um, maybe not, like, to the extent of actual lines or anything, but I knew what points I wanted to hit and whatnot, and that changed, that changed halfway through, um, an early episode where I just said, screw it, I don't need to do this, I'm just gonna speak, and the rest is drunk gossip history. Uh, but getting back to writing, I, I approach my writing in much the same way. Like, when I'm writing an article, I have, like, I know the story. If I'm doing a true crime, I know the, I know the beats I need to hit. I know the facts I need to get in there. But I don't, I don't use an outline. I don't. And usually I only do two drafts. Um, one draft is the, uh, obviously the, the rough draft. I edit that for grammar and content, make sure everything is accurate, and, and then it's off. Uh, but when you're writing five, six articles a day, that's kind of what you have to do. And so I, I approach novel writing in the same way. You know, I want to get as much done as I possibly can. And, you know, the whole point of NaNoWriMo is just to get the book done. You can go back and change things later. You can edit it and whatever. But there are some people who just, they clutch their, they, they clutch their, Um, outline like a little baby doll. Aaron uh, Morgenstern, who wrote The Night Circus, which, fun fact, The Night Circus was actually her NaNoWriMo project eight years in a row. And um, last year she, or the year before maybe, she did a uh, newsletter for us. And, you know, the, that's where she said, you know, hey, like, I know this that was cheating, but uh, I really needed NaNo to help power through and get this done yada 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 and the, you know the crazy thing is um, the Night Circus of course went on to be a big hit um, it was in development for a movie I don't know if it still is um, but it was like a number one um, New York Times bestseller uh, it it um, set up anticipation for her follow-up, which is coming out later, either later this year or early next year. Uh, but she, you know, she said, I, I had a, I had an outline, and I kept, you know, I, I kept changing it, I kept playing with it, I kept outlining and outlining, until finally I had no other choice but to write. Um, Jackie Collins was notorious, um, and this is actually kind of where I picked up my habit, she was, she just wrote, she sat down, she had the plot line, she knew the characters, and she let the characters take her where they would, that's how we got the Lucky series, um, especially, she had, um, when I, when I met her, she had said that, uh, the Sant'Angelo's, her last, um, her last published book she actually just sat down with Lucky um, as of course as the center of the story 
and thought about where she wanted to go with it, what she wanted to do, um, and and what the what what the whole point of it was. And she figured from there, since she knew it was going to be the last in the series, or at least the last in the series starring Lucky, um, there there are reports now that she planned on continuing with um, Lucky's daughter Max as the center of the at, at the center of the series. Uh, but what what she wanted to do was kind of put everyone in position to where. Um, she, the, the books could go on, even if it was in a different format, and she definitely did that, um, in fact, I kind of refute the, um, the Sant'Angelo's as the last book, because the way she set everything up, uh, with Max, her daughter, um, kind of starting to show that same rebellious spirit that she had, and um, her son Bobby sleeping with her best friend Venus, um, that was a betrayal that was not going to go untold. There's no way Jackie Collins would ever leave a um, loosened like that. Um, but at the center of everything was... At the center of the entire story was, of course, Gino being murdered. And when she was talking about it, um, she was, of course, being a little bit dodgy. And said, you know, I did not anticipate killing Gino off. I did not anticipate killing this character off, is how she put it. And she's like, but once once I got started, I knew I had to kill somebody off. And this character made the most sense. And she was like, you know, from there, it was just honestly all about um, deepening this and whatever. You know, forging new enemies for the um, Sant'Angelo's. And my only complaint was, I really wish, if, if it had truly been the last book she planned... I really wish she had um, brought back um, the Bonatti's. But, again, this goes to show, like, sometimes when you're a pantser, you don't think about things like that. Um, and But you also kind of lose that creative edge. Like, she probably wouldn't have thought to kill someone off um, had she not been, had she been tied to an outline. So that's enough of the Jackie Collins commercial. <laughs> if you're doing NaNoWriMo, let me know. Um, leave me a voice message here on Anchor, or shoot me an email at, at authoredanderson.com, Facebook and Insta um, at authoredanderson, on Twitter at authoreda. Let me know how it's going for you. And I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And as I mentioned earlier, we were... Live from Barnes and Noble on the upper, well, Midtown East, where Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers had been signing autographs uh, for his new book. And I know y'all are hoping for something salacious or like he was a douchebag or something, but actually, no. 
Um, the crowd was literally wrapped around Fifth Avenue. Uh, I, I wish y'all could have seen it because it was, it was honestly kind of amazing. Um, you only see these kind of lines, you, uh, generally for the, um, teen heartthrobs, uh, Robert Pattinson, I don't know if he's really a teen heartthrob anymore, but, um, BTS, uh, One Direction when they were a thing, but you, you don't really see it for the older people, uh, the last time I seen a line like this was for Whoopi Goldberg, uh, about a month and a half ago or two months ago. Uh, but Whoopi Goldberg is kind of uh, she she transcends everything. Uh, generally speaking, no matter who you are, you love Whoopi Goldberg. The only people who hate Whoopi Goldberg are Trump supporters. And that's just because she hates their demagogue. So, uh, to me, it was a really amazing, and it wasn't it wasn't all boomers, and that's the thing. Like it was honestly a nice mix of people. Um, there were old people and young people, middle aged people, but the one thing they all had in common, they were all really sweet. Um, there was a guy who made a, there's a big display of Funko Pop figurines. Uh, he made a joke about it and everyone laughed. And I was able to talk to a few people as they were exiting. And they all said the same thing. Of course, he was pressed for time. Uh, there were thousands more of them than there were of him. And he was trying to make sure that everybody had a chance to meet him. Uh, say hi, ask a question, take a picture, whatever. So the, their time was really limited. But he made the most of it. He joked with them, smiled, and just generally put everyone at ease. Uh, and before I get the inevitable, was he hired, drunk, or anything... The answer seems to be no. I don't know if Flea is actually well known for partying, uh, but I every time I say I meet a celebrity, uh, especially a rock star, I get I get some variation on uh, was he intoxicated. So I'm going to go ahead and address that now. Um, I didn't meet with him personally. But nobody seemed to think that there was anything off about him. No one seemed to think that he was um, imbibing or anything of that sort. Uh, Again, they all had really positive things to say. Not that being drunk is necessarily a negative. Unless you're Will yelling at me for being drunk while we're having a production meeting. But, you know, whatevs. If he didn't want me to drink... He shouldn't have hit the tequila bottle on my desk. Am I right? So, there's another part of the story, uh, because of course there is, and I'm really excited to share it with y'all. I talked to Flea's people. 
and ask them for an interview. And instead of turning me down because, you know, who knows drunk gossip, they actually said that, of course, he was booked up today, but uh, if they couldn't get him on tomorrow, the next time he comes to New York, they would definitely make sure that they would book an hour with me. So, my fingers are crossed that this actually comes to fruition. I'm very, very excited. Uh, if, if Flea comes on, he will get the entire episode to himself. I may not even co-host. I might just hand over everything to Flea and be like, it's on you, baby. Um, no. But he will get the entire episode to himself because uh, why wouldn't he? You know, that's just kind of what happens. Um, but I'm super duper excited. I haven't told Will yet. But I will. At our next production meeting when he yells at me for being drunk. Um, and I promise I'm going to work on these ums. I know they drive Will crazy. I'm sure they drive you guys crazy. Uh, the thing is, is, I don't like to use production notes because I don't like to sound robotic or like I'm reading off of a cue card or something. I like it to where it sounds like we're having a conversation and you're just not talking back to me. It's kind of like you guys are my therapy. Except I get paid to talk to you. Instead of vice versa. <laughs> so anyway, thank you all so much for listening as always. Uh, it means the world to us, um, both Will and I. We wouldn't be doing this without you. And until next time, cheers. <laughs>